0: Hey, do you know what that is in the background?
1: Oh, my God. It's the East Portland Traction Company. Oregon Pacific. I can't believe it.
2: Thank you, Eric Iverson. For sending that our way, he is our resident train foamer, <laughs> and we are proud to have him associated with us. Yes,
0: yeah, yeah. very much.
2: If anybody's not familiar with that, they should first Google train foamer. Are they going to find anything bad if they Google that? I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> this is this
0: is the first time I've heard of somebody being referred to as a train foamer, <laughs> or even foamer as a as a noun.
2: Look it up on Google. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, hello. Put, put safe search on. <laughs> Welcome to case. the Sprocket Podcast. We are encouraging you to look up lurid material <laughs> and simplify the good life. My name is, did I say my name? You haven't yet. Yeah. My <laughs> name is Brock Dittus,
0: And I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia.
2: We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective. And enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. And you said you weren't good at creating silence. I'm working on it.
0: Covering bicycling, trains, and transit, and simpler living. And today, saving the forests of Washington.
2: That's right. We're here with our good friend Daniel Harkins. Hello.
3: Hey, what's up, guys?
2: Thank you for coming hey. back. Right on. You know, it's this nice is to be back. This is your third time, I think. Yeah, right? it's
3: third time on the show.
2: And you've been to both of our live events. Uh, and what? All two of them. Yes. <laughs> no, I think I missed
3: one. Oh, really?
2: Yeah. You, It, I, it felt like you were there. That's I was the here
3: thing. at the last. I was. I was at the last one. <laughs> you were at the last one. Yeah.
2: You should just say you were at both of them. <laughs> okay, I was at both of them. <laughs> and part of Team Sincerity. Yeah. So uh, the muscle of Team Sincerity. That's right.
3: How did I even get that nickname? <laughs> <laughs> By being the muscle, my, I guess,
2: of Team Sincerity. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. So. uh... Well, it's been, it's been like a whole season since you've been fighting fires, but you fought some fires. So uh, we're going to have you share about that. How long has it been now since you've talked about firefighting? Since I've
3: talked about it? Yeah, to Uh, anybody. Uh, Probably a month or so. Okay, yeah.
0: Fifteen minutes when
3: we were just
2: (laughs) at
0: the beer
3: mongers. That's right, yeah.
2: (laughs) Hey, speaking of the beer mongers, guess what happened this weekend?
0: I think I know, but go ahead and tell (laughs) me.
2: (laughs) Uh, You know, because you beat me there. Um, Yeah. We we went to Portland International Raceway for, was it this season wrap-up? the final finale or there's uh, like one more next weekend
0: that's where i'm really confused is one it was like the- <laughs> i was getting conflicting information of people telling me it was the last one of the season right and then other people telling me there was
2: one more after this is penultimate the next to last or is that the
0: penultimate is like yeah that's that's final oh right? it is or oh, i don't know i don't know
2: see <laughs> we know some is big that- words uh, <laughs> johnny k gonna, help me quick to the google uh we were, i was gonna say it was the penultimate race um it, it was a big one and it was one of the last so um we were there and terry who is uh well a former guest
0: former guest
2: episode 341 um yeah actually uh, episode 241 oh right but for a right, while we had it mislabeled. <laughs> Also from the future. Now we have to pencil that in when we get to 341. Terry has to come on. There we go. But, um, yeah, it, he is uh, Sean's brother, Sean, who owns the Beer Mongers. And uh, did I tell you? I Well, I, I won't go into it now. I had a All dream right. in which Sean sold the Beer Mongers.
0: Oh, right. And I was yes. his
2: Uber driver. But, yes. uh, yeah, I think I talked about that in the audio that we captured at the cross race. Yeah. So I'll be um,
0: editing that down Uh, Over the week Sometime Hopefully by next week We'll have that
2: Whatever Yeah yeah. Uh, But yeah We just kind of let the tape run And uh, talked to people That were around And most of them knew They were being recorded I think we have uh, I think we have consent From everyone Who (laughs) who we'll share pieces from Yeah As people came up
0: And talked to you You're like By the way I've got this recorded Just so so you know (laughs) Just, just so case. you know, if you come up and talk to me, you're going to be on record.
2: In case you wonder, like, why there's this thing with a sock over it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Your makeshift windscreen. Because I can't afford a windscreen, but yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, and you were all apologetic to Eric, who was there. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I should have gave you this windscreen. Well, yeah, because I
2: totally forgot to tell them about wind noise when they went right. out on the Outback. So if you listen to the three-part series, including, well, so we had the prologue, which was an in-studio episode with the yeah. crew. And then the three-part episode. Uh, into uncharted territory. Uncharted territory. Uncharted. <laughs> uh, they took our recorder out to the outback and recorded themselves last May. Right. So this is uh, this is like that, except we didn't go as far. But there was still mud.
0: But the, yeah, there was. <laughs>
2: yeah. So, anyways, it was fun. It was the first time I. Well, no, I had been to a cyclocross race before, but it was the first time in a long time.
0: It was the. Yeah no I it was my first cyclocross race I think I had watched David Hetty do like a mountain
2: oh okay race yeah because I watched Hetty do cyclocross similar. at uh, at Barton Park okay and he was there yesterday we didn't yeah. know he was going to be there but Adele and <laughs> I didn't and see I, him
0: until like after we had already decided we were going to leave yeah.
2: Adele and I and Kayla were standing like next to the porta potties because we were going to use you know the porta potties that's usually why also, one
0: would stay you don't <laughs> stand next to them for recreation
2: there was also unrelated standing water from all the rain that was pooled up near them and so oh, right. part of the course went through this like big lake of water so um we were standing there watching that that was where david walked up Oh, okay. so
1: right
2: yeah, anyways there's uh tons and tons of audio but uh, we hung out there grilled by bike crew was there
0: yeah and um, uh, yeah and iliff's uh uh burn barrel the burn barrel like, of
2: fame that the that one was, that he found and changed everything uh, it changed his life yeah now he has skid plating on the back of his bike to protect. <laughs> to protect uh, well the bike. To protect the tire and, from and melting. The tires, yeah. Uh, and we cook things on shovels. That's yeah. That was apparently badass. that's
0: how he does it on the
3: burn barrel. Is that
0: is so cool? Cooking it on the shovel.
2: Daniel, have you seen this? Um, I've
3: seen his burn barrel. It's so cool. I've been on several uh, grilled by bike rides. Right. I've
2: never seen anybody cook anything on a shovel. And then, Aaron, you did it several times.
0: Uh, well, I mastered the under <laughs> the under grill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, I had all these all these root vegetables. It's a that head, I was well, yeah, cooking because they go under things. And so, yeah, you know. <laughs> well, no, it just seemed like it just seemed almost almost like this is this is wasted energy unless that, you put a
2: vegetable underneath <laughs> right, it because yeah. right. it was suspended. It was, it was not it was off like the ground. Maybe a foot. Yeah.
0: off the ground. Yeah, um, and you know, there's a lot of heat going on there. Totally. So Eilef is cooking on one shovel. He had two shovels, a meat shovel and a vegetable shovel.
2: Which is considerate of him.
0: Yeah, that was fair. I was I was like, I'll cook my vegetables on the meat Which shovel. Which one is cool. the vegetarian
2: shovel? Yeah.
0: But yeah, <laughs> but he gave me he gave me the vegetable the vegetarian shovel. Wait, was and, one
2: marked differently than the other? Uh
0: the vegetarian shovel was more of a flat end scoop.
2: Oh okay. And more uh, of a spade.
0: A, no, less no. of a spade. Oh. Uh the meat shovel was more of a spade end.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to nod because I don't really know the difference between the two. Spade is pointed <laughs> like a triangle. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Kind of like look, you at know, the if you look at the cards. Oh like sure. Oh oh right right yeah. like the ace of spades. There you go. Now the, o- the only card you need. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So that was a lot of fun, and yeah. we're going to share that audio. So you know that was all made possible because of the beer mongers. Because they were they have the tents, they sponsored the was, tents that everybody it was stood team, underneath.
0: Team beermongers that Wild, was racing.
2: Yeah. Anybody in a green shirt got cheered. My God, they were huge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the other cool thing was that people just kinda wandered in and out of space. Like it it was the beer mongers' tent, but like especially because there was the burn barrel. Like just people walked up and stood next I, to it.
0: Yeah. 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 Well there was, there was I think the advantage of the burn barrel, but I think it's just sort of the culture of that. Like right. people just kinda walk in and out uh, right, right, right. And by each other's tents. If I had
2: hire, known that, I would have wandered through everybody's tent just grabbed food the whole time.
1: <laughs>
0: right. the, the only
2: downside of that was that there was the guy who like bodily moved you without saying anything to you. It was like right as we were about to leave. Oh, I, I missed I don't that. know if it bothered it, you, but it bothered me. It, I just I didn't don't, say anything about remember, it. I don't remember that happening was just like, to no, me. No, we were like standing next to the hummus, and uh, he like puts a hand on your shoulder, it doesn't say anything, just like pushes you to the side. And I was like, what the fuck? So, so he so, could get to
0: the hummus himself? I maybe? guess.
2: I don't know. Oh, uh, He was just entering the tent and decided, yeah.
0: So yeah, I missed that altogether.
2: I'm glad. That's good. So it wasn't a scarring experience. Maybe he's just really quiet. He it could be. You know. He's an introvert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With assertive of hands. <laughs> <laughs> there is that,
0: like, I don't know how to politely ask this person how to move. Or to, I don't know how to politely ask this person oh, yeah. to move, and, and yeah. so and like now I'm at this critical juncture where I want <laughs> to go. It's like, well, what do I do? I guess I'm just gonna have to push him aside because somehow I haven't acquired the language. To just say, can you please move right. while I get through here?
2: People do good when they. I'm can. too
0: embarrassed of myself to, <laughs> so I'll just shove them aside.
2: Well, I don't. I, you were the one that was moved, not me, and so I don't know. I, really? Well, how do I not know? Was it was it just so traumatizing that I blocked it out? <laughs> maybe it was me. Maybe it was me not realizing. Like maybe he was just setting a hand on your shoulder to let you know he was there, but I was interpreting that as him pushing you. Oh, really? Maybe that was what happened.
0: Did I fall down? No.
2: Okay. No, you just moved over. <laughs> no, no, that's good. So maybe it was nothing to think about.
0: <laughs> maybe. <laughs> was I screaming and wetting myself or something?
2: You were not screaming. Okay. I don't know anything
0: else. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out how traumatizing was this if I blocked it out in my head.
2: I didn't notice anything. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyways, go to a cyclocross race. It's fun. Yeah. 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 And there, literally, there were so many people there. Um, the other thing I noticed is that if you roll into like anywhere with a loaded touring bike, cause Adele and I had gone up to my friend Billy's house in Camas for oh, a right. housewarming. And, uh, if you roll in with panniers anywhere, people look at you funny, even at a bike event.
0: Well, there's, <laughs> so. so there's the very degrees of, of, um, reaction right and maybe I mean, they thought i, I roll, was i rolled race. in on a mini bike so yeah that, and i can't imagine like what the grilled by bike people <laughs> must, must have like, right
2: what their reactions must oh, have we should been. have asked that well i mean the reactions continued to happen as people wandered past
0: well yeah when things are on fire there was like always a large crowd around the burn yeah, barrel
2: yeah um and around jp's rig which is awesome with the stakes and the gee lines <laughs> right so, yeah <laughs>
0: Had like to stabilize yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah had to stabilize the swing bike
2: totally <laughs> totally so yeah. Anyways, we'll share all that audio. But yeah, in the meantime, if you can't get enough of that sweet, sweet cyclocross action, go to the beer mongers and talk to Terry. Yeah, because he wants to talk to you about cyclocross.
0: Yeah, 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 he would be he would be very open to telling you all all the stories.
2: And we should thank the folks at the beer mongers for providing at Southeast 12th and Division. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm drinking the abominable winter ale from Hub Hopworks.
0: I got myself a Lionheart. <laughs>
2: Well done, <laughs> thank you.
0: Remember when I wouldn't say it? Yes,
2: <laughs> and now now I can't stop you. <laughs> no, <laughs>
3: I don't. I don't know why, but do I want to know why? Why? Lionheart. Why you wouldn't say it? Why I wouldn't say it? Yeah, I
0: don't you thought know. it sounded funny. I, yeah, oh, I don't okay. know. It's I've I felt like I had this image to upkeep, <laughs> like you know, I'm all
2: cool. on word. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're cooler when you say lionheart. Lionheart. Yeah, so. And what what are you drinking, Harkins? I've
3: got a Steelhead root beer. That's the best root beer. Yeah, it's pretty delicious. Yeah. I like it.
2: You know what I had was uh, not your father's root beer, which is alcoholic.
3: You're right. I don't uh, like. Oh. it. it's
2: too sweet. Oh yeah, it's too sweet. Okay, I, it doesn't have any sugar in it. I, at least, at least not like. Be, like Wait, added but that sugar. root beer is not too is sweet, that,
0: or is it different because
3: that's root beer? Root beer. This as, tastes as like this tastes like root beer, not your father's or grandfather's or whatever the hell it's called. Tastes <laughs> like I don't know. It it tastes
2: like too too artificially sweet okay in my opinion yeah yet. yeah yeah no it, it is weird um when you're expecting beer manda
3: but, likes it I, yeah. I don't like it it's not yeah. not for me
2: it's not for everybody uh johnny k enjoyed that i think yeah wh- when he was listening right. to our He's 250th so yeah and uh, they're also a sponsor of uh, our friends Fun employment radio so oh really yeah oh that's yeah. really cool totally uh here here's my last thing before we move on uh, sure. i just have a question we don't have to like find the answer now
0: <laughs> oh i can't wait
2: but i have a confession to make before i do i'm gonna preface that wait with you have a
0: question and a confession
2: yes yeah oh. so first off here's a gift uh, this is that rock i said i was gonna oh, give you Oh, badass
0: yeah uh, oh shit
2: sorry i, I uh, my apologies and harkins here's uh, here's a rock for you
3: nice that's uh, yeah, that's a rock
2: from the top of steen's mountain It's like reddish
3: that's cool yeah
2: it's like yeah. porous lava rock yeah uh, and that is from like 8,000, 9,000 feet, 9,500, I forget. Anyways, uh, there's lots of lots of rock up there. It's got an
0: interesting smell.
2: Yeah. It's also yeah. been in my backpack since oh, we took Oh, well, maybe trip. that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but, not going to smell it anymore. <laughs> but since going out to Steen's, I've been thinking about buying a truck. Oh, um, right. And um, I'm conflicted because I have proudly been without, like, without owning a vehicle for years and years now. Right, right. And I would like to be able to go out and see pretty things on the weekends sometimes. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And you, like you, you just bought a bike, right? Like a, a, a Motor bike. Yeah. Yes. That so, was part of the logic
3: behind it. But uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 And so I'm, I'm still kind of trying to smith out the things. Um, I want to get a little truck, not like a big one. Like I, I don't want it to have any wheel wells. I realized I want it to be super square, <laughs> like an old Toyota or Nissan or something.
0: A little Scout.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, and not too high off the ground. So my thought... an El Camino? Yeah, I thought about that. <laughs> really? Yeah. No, don't get an El Camino. Or, or just like a brat. <laughs> <laughs> like the really small one. With the jump seats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and the tarp over the back. <laughs> the snap tarp. Um, so I'm thinking about like, yeah, I haven't owned a car for what, five, six years now? Almost six, what? Uh, yeah, almost six years. Okay. And uh, haven't used a car for like eight Mostly, um, but I'm wondering if I can like buy a truck and use it for weekend adventures.
0: You got to factor that into your monthly costs. I thing. do,
2: I do. That's the thing, yeah, because it would cost money to buy it, even if I buy like a really cheap old one. But then it's going to cost money to fix and keep up, and then I'll also have to pay for insurance. But I could get that. Uh, you know, there's a couple of insurance companies now. Metro Mile was the first one that, like, you know, you paid by the mile. Oh, really? Yeah, because when you buy a slice of pizza, as the ad said. You don't pay for the whole pie.
0: Well, clever. You do. I mean, right, right. you know what the profit margin is on a slice of pizza? You've pretty much paid for a whole pie. <laughs> Depends. Right. Pizza is a racket. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: Freaking highway robbery. 7-Eleven pizza?
2: <laughs> that shit is cost-effective. Yeah, what is for it, them. like 4.99,
3: dollars 5.55. Yeah. I shouldn't know this.
2: And yet I do. And yet you do. <laughs> so anyways, I'm curious your brief thoughts, if you have them. And then, listener, if you have a thought on, like, should I buy a truck? Should I not? How badly should I feel about this? I mean... Should okay. I feel bad at all? Oh, wait. Do it
0: again. I bet they forgot that this was a silent... Quiet rail, rail zone.
2: zone. Oh, my God! So, yeah. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's a question that I've been been considering. And the other thing that I could do is I could take this truck that I own and put it on one of those car-sharing sites. Because there are not oh, yeah. very many trucks. You can. And whenever I've wanted a truck, like I haven't really been able to rent one. Like They're not super close by. So I could lowball all the competition and then rent out my cheap truck. <laughs> there you go. And yeah, it would be kind of like an asset, kind of like your Airbnb or whatever. You know, It's sure. like sometimes it makes money, and sometimes I throw money at it. So my thoughts. Yeah. I don't I want to drive to work every day in my pickup truck. That's not that, the thing that, that would I want to
0: do. Yeah, that would be I, a real temptation for me anyways right. would be to – kind of make it my own my only thing right i mean it's probably good to have something like that for certain things like going out to for a weekend
2: going into the woods yeah because you can't like you can only get to so much of the woods and that's Harkins. is why you bought your cycle right is because you wanted to go out and and like see pretty things multiple reasons but that was
3: like one of the main selling points and like as soon as i got it I took it up to Mount Hood a couple different times and went on hikes oh, and man. it was nice, you know, like yeah. having that option. Right. And the cool thing for me is like I'm not I'm less likely to rely on it and just like be lazy and not ride the bike because it sucks just as bad <laughs> in the weather. So it's <laughs> oh. like, well, either way, I'm gonna be out in the elements. So. Like it might
2: actually be better to ride your bike in the in yeah, the rain. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> right, because when you're traveling fast and you're out there in the elements, it like sketchy. I mean you got a helmet and you got a coat and everything but yeah. you're still like the raindrops are just kind of like little bullets
3: yeah the raindrops don't hurt so much but it's uh you you really notice traction a lot more when you're going at speed on two wheels oh sure you know? yeah. Oh, yeah and like leaves and, and slippery stuff on the road those steel plates right anything like that it's it's a lot different and so. all
2: the people that haven't started seeing motorcycles yet yeah <laughs> you got to get one of those stickers for your bike
0: Start seeing motorcycles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen <laughs> no, those stickers. Yeah,
2: it's just a bumper sticker that says "Start seeing motorcycles." No, I gotcha. But you can put it on your bicycle. <laughs> I'll do that for you. I'll put one on mine. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so, yeah. Why not? Yeah. So the other thought I had for the truck is if I do get a, a little little pickup truck, a small yeah. one, like a four cylinder, um, I could just stamp the word "adventure" on the side. There you go. And then I'll feel super lame yeah. if I'm just going to work. <laughs> so that's my thought. Anyways, yeah. Uh listener, if you have a thought, send it our way. Thisrocket at gmail.com.
1: Yeah. I
0: guess part of part of my resistance would just be um kind of keeping up appearances. And that's mm-hmm. not that's not a really good motivation to not buy a truck.
2: Sure, yeah. But you are talking about appearances like within bicycle circles, like Other people who care about Um, car light or car low car or whatever. Or
0: just like you've kind of you kind of have a reputation even outside of bicycle circles, like just with your friends and and family of being this very simple living. Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, there There goes goes another one. Yeah.
0: Um, Very uh, human powered transit. Transportation
2: oriented, right, right. So there's a certain amount of pride. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I need to like knock my pride down a couple notches. I don't
0: know. Yeah, I, like I said, that's probably not a really good motivation to not buy a truck.
2: <laughs> right, right, right. Because <laughs> look how hardcore I am. Look right, how I've right, sold exactly. out exactly. <laughs> right, and I think I, I feel like there probably is. I mean, as much as like selling out is a pretty vague term, but there is a way to sell out and just be like, I'm done with active transportation. Sure, but there's also a way to get some utility out of a, out of a vehicle. So. I'm way in it. Adele wants one. Really? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mentioned it to her. She's like, oh, that's a good idea. So.
3: You can go mountain biking. I know. Hiking.
2: Right. Or even just like. sports. You know, like uh, back to Burns and uh, Steens Mountain. I would love to do like the, the loop around Steens Mountain. But you oh. can't get out there very easily by bus. I mean, you can oh, right. get to Burns. But it's still like another day's thing out to the mountain area.
0: Yeah. And you certainly couldn't ride it in. Just a couple days. Right.
2: And I don't always have a lot of time off. Most people just have like two days on the weekend or whatever. Sometimes you're lucky and you get Memorial Day or something. So that's the one that I, w- I would like to be able to go farther with my bike sure. so I could have more adventures. Yeah. Yeah. Or am I just posturing as an excuse to buy a little pickup? I don't know. So anyways. I yeah. feel
3: like if it's important to you to, uh, you know, reduce your your car trips in the city and whatnot. Then, then you're going to stick to that. Just right. having having the vehicle, it's a tool. It depends on how you use it, you know.
2: hmm Right. Yeah. That's and my two cents. Totally. And it's like you never look down at a farmer who has a truck. Right. Because farmers need trucks to farm with. Yeah. Yeah. Moving hogs to market and such. <laughs> so, you got to
0: move your hogs to market.
2: Seriously. You know? i got to get some hogs. <laughs> and then i got to find a market for them.
3: Now, if you were getting, like, a jacked-up, like, Ford F-250. Right. With, like, an extended cab. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, where's your utility in that? I know. (laughs) So here's
2: the other thing. I don't want any sort of like extra cab. I don't even want the jump seat (laughs) thing. I just want like a bench seat in an old Toyota, basically. Yeah.
3: I don't know if they make those anymore.
2: Oh, they don't. I've looked. Okay, <laughs> they don't. But
3: you can still find a muse. I'm sure. There's this
2: great Dodson down in Nevada that's for sale for like four thousand dollars.
3: <laughs> down in Nevada.
2: Yeah, it's got a, it's got like sun damage to the dashboard, but everything else is like classic, like vintage orange paint job on the outside, and it's oh, one of those. Man. It's like the tiniest little truck you've ever seen. I totally want it. <laughs> it's on eBay Motors. So if anybody wants to buy me that truck, <laughs> auction hasn't ended yet. So yeah, Daniel, tell us about firefighting. <laughs>
3: well, um <laughs> <laughs> first well, off, well we should yeah. we should uh
2: preface by yeah, saying nice that you've been <laughs> you spent some time in a truck. Um <laughs> you uh you're part of the National Guard and you were deployed to fight some of the fires in Washington this last summer because uh, we've been having a fair number of fires over the past couple of years, uh more extensive ones. So
3: Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty accurate statement. Uh It all started, um, not this last summer, but the one before that, um, I guess the last two seasons have been, uh, recorded as like, you know, more extreme or whatever. I don't know, you know, just more intense fire seasons for multiple different reasons and like set a lot of records as far as like acres burned and, and just large uncontained forest fires. So they decided that uh, in the state of Washington, they were going to train, um, like, several hundred National Guard soldiers and have them on standby so the state could use us as, like, an additional resource um, in case, you know, it, it got too far out of hand and,
2: and whatever. So. And it turns out it did.
3: Yeah, yeah. So this year um, was the first year that I actually got activated. and. I was pretty excited about it because um, I, I really wanted to go last year, but um, they they uh, only activated a small handful of uh, National Guardsmen, and by that point, they had already had, they had enough resources, you know, to work with, but this year, um, they activated us and ended up spending about a month um, doing firefighting, and uh, yeah, it was It was,
2: uh, I'm sure it was intense. Like all the pictures that you had on the internet from the summer were of you like with ash smeared across your face (laughs) and looking as though you had spent like, you know, a million days outdoors and all of them very close to soot. So, yeah. um, So
3: basically we were trained as, uh, as hand crew, uh, personnel and hand crews in wildfire fighting, are like the infantry guys of, like, wildland fires. You, you pretty much, like, hike out into the woods with, like, a with a backpack and, like, one of many different tools. Uh, I'm sure you, you're familiar with a Pulaski. Maybe it's, like, an axe on one end and on the other end it's uh, it's an adze. It's got, like, a scraper. And then uh, there's also a McLeod. It's, like, a flat edge on one side and the other side has, like, tines on it. And then, um, different, just different types of scraping and digging tools and, um, depending on where you're at and what your mission is, because I mean, these, these fires, they get broken, split up into like incidents. Um, and then they have like divisions and then you'll have like an incident commander and division commanders. And then they just send, you know, personnel,
2: so there's one enormous fire, and then it's kind of broken into jurisdictions, yeah, like various groups much. of teams are doing various things to to quell parts yeah. of that,
3: yeah, um, so like hand crews can do a pretty wide variety of just physical labor towards like the greater mission, so a lot of it was like hiking out in the woods and like digging what's called fire lines, which are like um. They, it's just it's like, like a building trench? a trail. Yeah, yeah. Well, not like if anyone's familiar with like trail building, it's okay. basically the same thing. You're digging handline, So you're just it. It's less of a trench and more of just like getting down to like bare mineral soil and removing like all the fuels from like one side. So you're, you're going to have like theoretically like your fire will burn up into that point and then you've eliminated the fuels like you've they'll come in with, like, chainsaws and cut everything back, and then they'll, like, uh, you'll you'll clear the ground. And so that keeps the fire from, like, breaking that line. Um, we did a lot of that. Um, and then after fire had been through an area, uh, we do what's called, like, mop-up, which is where you go through and you're, like, digging out, like, hot spots because the fire can go into the ground.
2: Oh, yeah. So, like, and, if like, a root goes into the ground, then... Right, some part of it could be smoldering, and it could just sit there and reignite at some point.
3: Yeah, so like trees, shrubs, like anything organic with like root system can continue continue burning, and then like um, it can it can keep going under the ground, and then eventually like start other fires. It can it'll be really hot too. Like I I was really surprised. Um, Yeah. So
0: my question was going to be like, how can you? How can you find a hot spot? How can you tell?
3: Well, there's several different methods, and it depends on, uh, you know, how fresh of a burned area it is. Like, a lot of times you can just spot smoke. But then sometimes uh, they're pretty thorough with, like, going back in. Uh, You might grid a particular area, like, a few different times. And the standard might be, like, so far out, you know, along the edge of, like, the black which is the which is the uh, burned area
1: mm-hmm.
3: um and then the green is like unburned so like you're trying to secure the black to prevent it from like you know reigniting into the green so there depending on like what the standard uh what your i guess higher up you know they put the information down to your bosses and anyway um you'll go out a certain distance and so, like, initially you're just putting out, like, big smoke, um, and then, like, maybe the second or third, maybe even fourth sweep through an area, uh, you might actually be, like, putting your hands, like, in holes and, like, checking for warmth. Wow. Um, yeah, so you got to be pretty thorough.
2: Yeah. I, were you telling me about, like, like a, a smoking root or something could lay dormant and hot for, like two weeks or something like that and then finally erupt into a new fire like somewhere completely different
3: uh well the way it would work um you could have like say for instance a stump uh, that like burned out and it's got like all this debris like roots and crap underneath the ground that could be like smoldering and it could like spread and it could just like uh make the ground surface so so hot that like the like it could be close to the line and it could go under and then like the stuff that's on the surface could ignite like you got like lots of dead brown pine needles or other fuel sources yeah and that that ground heat could could be so so warm reaches like sort of a critical heat yeah yeah that like all the brown and the dead stuff
0: like uh just combusts
3: yeah it could reignite stuff like that or you could have like uh you know an area where there's some smoldering um uh debris like kind of exposed and then winds could pick those up also so you got to make sure you like put out all your coals and embers and everything because um, that could also spread um
2: so yeah yeah uh, it sounds like a lot of work you're, you're putting a lot of uh, a lot of your back and a lot of your arms into it. Yeah, I wish I would have like
3: logged some type of uh, <laughs> like fitness tracker. Cause you, yeah, there were some days where we like hiked like ten, fifteen miles. You know, sort like of a up map in- my hike. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I should have, but uh, we were so like out out of service most of the time anyway. Sure. And I ended up just leaving my phone behind at the base a lot because it was just. So hot, and I was like, I don't want to like drop my oh, phone and like right. have it melt, you know, it. get yeah. damaged, or you know, it's just there was no reason to take my phone most of the time. Some days I would take it for pictures, but
2: uh and most of the time, I'm sure you're probably busy. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, yeah, you're yeah, working I can't on a fire Imagine they schedule. look too
0: fondly upon like you taking selfies <laughs> with like. <laughs>
1: Check out this burnt crew. <laughs> Hashtag no
0: filter.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, how big was
2: your crew? How many people were you working with?
3: So traditionally, like, uh, a hand crew is about 20 to 25 people, roughly. So, okay. And then you're broken up further into, like, squads, which are, like, you know, 10 to 12 people. But the whole the whole crew with our crew bosses is, like, 25-ish people, Um and we were all National Guard soldiers, but our uh, our leadership were like seasoned firefighters. So. Yeah, you
2: were saying there were some cool guys that uh, have been yeah, doing for it forever, sure. and they know <laughs> they know their shit.
3: Yeah, yeah, some some crusty old dudes that have been working for the Forest Service, or like uh, Washington has Department of Natural Resources There's um, a big state agency as well, I guess. Uh, and then there's like. Um, Bureau of Land Management, but different different agencies. They all kind of like combine yeah. efforts on these uh, on these uh, fires, and it's it's kind of cool. But yeah, definitely some some cool dudes who've been doing that crap for like you know thirty years, and it's. <laughs> Right. It's interesting. It's it's a cool world.
2: <laughs> It'd be interesting to, for that to be a lifestyle thing. Well, I remember you saying that, like, you could see yourself doing that someday.
3: I'm actually – I'm trying to get uh, – right now I'm looking for jobs for the start of uh, this coming fire season, mm-hmm. I guess, right next year. When yeah. does it kick off? Well, like, for Oregon, Washington, June is usually the start. Yeah. And then September, October is usually, like, the, the – official end of the season i suppose there's so
2: more or less like good weather camping season <laughs> like the times when you go hike up onto yeah. a mountain and not have insane amounts of snow or something
3: right pretty much yeah
2: yeah uh it seems like i mean like you enjoy camping you like being outdoors um it seems like this would give you a lot of what you enjoy uh and probably also felt really purposeful
3: yeah i mean it's definitely it's not it's not easy and uh like you do 14 day rotations and you're duty day, you know, you usually starts at like, four or five in the morning, and then you're getting back to camp, like, nine, ten at night, so it's, you it's know... It's a long day. Pretty yeah. long days. Um, and, you know, you, you're breathing a lot of smoke, a lot of dust, and you're just nasty, and... But, I don't know, there's also something kind of enjoyable about that. <laughs> right, right. I don't well, know what it is, but...
0: I imagine just the fact that... It's purposeful, yeah. You know, it has a lot to do with it. Like you're, you're seeing the fruits of your labor, right? Um, it's, I don't know. It's one thing for for me to work like at a at a shoe store, you know, <laughs> putting shoes and like oh, right. that person's happy. They got a they got a nice pair of shoes, and I have no relationship with the with the shoe with the shoemaker
2: or the coat that know, it matches.
0: Or, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or the cow that it came from. Yeah. Um, but you know, you have a relationship with the land, you're a camper, you know, you're someone who camps anyways, and, um, you're not like a Winnebago or anything. Right. <laughs> but, but, um, uh, but yeah, you, you have a relationship with, with the forest and with the land. And I imagine that it, it gives you more of a connection, like seeing, um, sort of like you're taking care of it. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. I has it has it changed much of how you see uh like because you've been camping since then like has it changed anything about that
3: uh not really no. i mean i don't know <laughs> do you still like campfires yeah okay for sure. yeah <laughs> I, yeah
2: it, it did not ruin campfires for me That that's good yeah well i'm sure I, there, I, there's got to be an amount of safety consciousness of like you know you're probably hyper aware of what you need to do when you're having your own contained fire for fun. Uh yeah. not really. <laughs> 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 I, I, but I I mean I know how I would put it
3: out if it got out of hand. Sure, right, right. You're it. the best person to have at the
2: at the campfire. And I'm also guessing you didn't have campfires when you were with the fire crew.
3: Uh well there were lots of times like interestingly enough we cooked with shovels a lot out okay. there. Okay. Oh, really? oh yeah. Really? Yeah I was it's I was gonna thing. try to like wedge this one in there when we were talking about earlier i was like oh, i'll save it for that's cool we move on but yeah like they would um they fed us really well yeah um like they would have like professional catering services at like all the fire camps and stuff but they pack you like pretty much like a sack lunch for the day with way more than enough food that, you know uh, Probably enough food for like two days, two okay. days. But just in case, they'll slip you like frozen burritos and like tinfoil and like stuff like that, so you can, um, you know, find like a hot spot or. Oh, dude! <laughs> so you're cooking just- like on the fire that you put to this put out, out in
0: a second. Once my burrito is done, <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic.
3: Yeah, there were several times where we'd be like, "All right, uh, lunchtime. Let's go. Let's go find a you know that's some stuff great. that's still burning and <laughs> that's awesome. Make some food.
2: Yeah." <laughs> so yeah,
3: cooking with shovels.
2: That's great. Um, what uh, did you have? Uh, did you try other implements? Did you use the uh, McLeod or anything? <laughs>
3: <laughs> McLeods actually make a, a really good uh, like flat grill. Because okay, to, I have
0: to look at what a
3: McLeod <laughs> is. Yeah, now. you should look <laughs> it up. I, I'm horrible at explaining <laughs> things. It's it's like a big rectangular, yeah, flat sharp edge on one side, big ass tines on the other, so you can rake or scrape.
2: Yeah. Or if you had like like a sausage you could like spear it on the end of the time. Yeah, yeah,
3: I guess you could. I'd never <laughs> we never got sausage, so Okay, know.
2: right. Yeah. Well it's probably less shelf stable than a lot of other things. So, True. Yeah. Well it, there are so many times that I've been in the forest and I think to myself, like like either being on bike tour and passing through an area that's been burnt out, which, right. you know, that happens almost every year i I ride through some place that's been burnt. Yeah. Or um being in a pristine green environment and just thinking, oh be a shame if this ever burnt up. You know, I I hope that never happens. Uh, But like when I was uh, 2010, I was up in Washington on Highway 20 going over Washington Pass. And then uh, 2014, when we went to Glacier and then came back through northern Washington, we were going to go over Highway 20 again. But it was all on fire that year. So uh, there was no way to get through. So it's the sort of thing that, I mean, you know, you and the people that you were working with have been, you know, kind of, preserving and protecting all these beautiful places that we like to go out and enjoy and kind of find some peace and tranquility. And so, um, I'm glad that you did it. I'm glad that you're, you know, I'm glad that you've kind of been bitten by the bug too, it seems.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess part of, part of the, uh, I don't know, the the greater picture, it's not necessarily all about preserving because like wildfires are a natural part of the forest ecosystem. They have to happen.
2: Yeah. Um, Well,
0: and so one of the theories is like the reason why there's been so many out of control wildfires is because we've been preventing so many wildfires. Like fuel buildup. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. I've read some different articles. It's uh, apparently it's actually a controversial. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's why I said it's
0: just one of the theories. Right.
3: Um,
0: I, I myself have no idea or opinion, really. Yeah. Although
2: everybody knows that they don't want the state park to burn up, or <laughs> everybody knows that they don't want like somebody's like somebody's weekend cabin to burn. Right. right. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So I think you know I think a, a
3: bigger part of the picture is trying to mitigate as much as possible, but you still have to let it happen, and that's a lot of the work that they it's do more, in like the off season as well. They do like prescribed burns and uh, you know like fuel elimination and cleanup and stuff. It, it it's stuff that has to be done, but right. And also, you know, as populations grow bigger, people are moving, you know, closer to forested areas. More or, people have a cabin in the woods. Yeah, stuff like that. So Portland creep into the yeah, woods. Yeah, <laughs> seriously.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we are Portland creep.
3: And there's actually a lot of uh, people who, you know, make, make a living off of these uh, lands as well. You know, there's a lot of ranchers that... Um, have livestock that that graze out out in uh, you know public lands, and yeah. I guess they have permits. And then logging, um, regardless of how you feel about that,
2: forestry, you know, yeah,
3: Right. Um, you know, different different things happen. So you know,
2: yeah, everything is basically a shared use area, right, in most ways. So yeah. Well, and then there is, like, wilderness, where, again, like, you know, there's the natural fire cycle. And, like, if some wilderness burns, sometimes maybe it's, like, it was its time or something. Uh, but then sometimes, like, I don't know. I'm sure I mean, you're not the guy making the decisions when you're out there fighting <laughs> the fire. So you, you don't get to decide where they draw the lines and where the trenches go. Exactly. But. Um, I'm just a laborer. <laughs> but you're an important laborer. Uh, yeah. Every
0: cog is important to the machine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh well what uh what's something that you like well, what's applicable to somebody who doesn't fight fires what's something that you could uh something you learned while you were doing this that you could pass along to somebody else besides how to put hot dogs on a cloud actually <laughs>
3: one one important thing i did learn and i didn't really know before was like just the danger of like dead trees mm. like if you're out you know in the woods Um, trees can be, like, fatal. Um, that's, that's actually, like, what I think kills more firefighters than anything. You mean,
0: like, like a tree falling on you? Yeah.
1: Mm.
3: Okay. Uh, like, um, dead trees or, or, like, burned out trees are called snags, you know? Like, they can, if they're unstable, they can fall over when the winds pick up. Right. Um. For a
2: reason, they are called snags.
3: And then, also, like, you'll have, like, limbs hanging in the tops of trees, like, They call those widow makers. Oh, yeah. 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 Right. And that's something, I mean, like anyone who's getting like out in backcountry, you know, you can find like dead trees that are hazards. Not necessarily
0: where there's been a fire.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It can happen with with or without fire, you know. Protect your neck. Yeah. So As the Wu-Tang Clan would say. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Now, like on groom trails and stuff like that, you know, you're less likely to see that. Probably, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I assume that, you know, uh, forestry crews and whatnot probably do maintenance on those
2: trails. and Sure. People right. are but it could happen anywhere. Kind of yeah.
3: So. I was
2: riding on Tillamook Street uh, like two months ago and Adele and I were out late and it was a windy night and like some, like, I don't know if it was a walnut or like a pine cone or a branch or something, something fell out of the tree and hit me on the head really, really, really hard. Yeah. Oh. So yeah, trees are dangerous.
0: Well, and I've always wondered, you know, you'd, you don't hear about it and i guess it's pretty rare but every now and then there's like a pretty sizable limb or even tree that falls on the road and i've oh, always yeah. thought like man like what if i was biking over what there? if that was you yeah <laughs> yeah 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 you it's very rare that like it actually hits anybody and right. i i don't remember any reports around that here around town but if a tree just, falls
2: on a cyclist does the cyclist make a noise <laughs> sadly no yeah <laughs>
0: Well, Boy, this <laughs> got dark. <laughs> silence. <laughs> uh, Look at you! You're growing. You're I building guess. the silence.
2: Well, thank you, number one, for doing what you were told to do because it was good for a lot of people, yeah, right including on. us, because we're going to go out in the, in the woods again someday. Did you ever,
0: uh, by the way, like did you ever come across like a burnt out cabin or anything like that? Like just out of my own morbid curiosity, I guess.
3: Um, not any, not any burnt up cabins, but. On one particular fire, uh, we were in, like, kind of northeastern Washington, a little town called Fruitland. Fruitland. Yeah. Yeah, um, If anyone knows where that is. But there was, like, uh, there were several, like, structures and houses that got burned in that area. Oh, sad. And so, like, we were actually, like, putting out, uh, well, like, trying to, like, contain heat from like a house that burned out it was like all the foundation stuff and all that crap but is it the okanagan valley or is that farther east i think that's a little bit further east i think that's closer to like uh davenport Spokane, okay okay like maybe north of there gotcha yeah i'm really horrible with uh washington geography I it's all good
2: <laughs> i know i was all over the place too so right right you visited several parts of the state yeah yeah well, uh, yeah, a big thank you for from us and from all yeah, of our listeners. Yeah. I, I would imagine everyone would agree. So uh, welcome back. Thanks. And uh, best wishes for many more fruitful seasons of firefighting <laughs> to you. Yeah, hopefully. We'll see.
3: Yeah. If I do a full season this year and don't like it, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs>
2: then then you'll know.
3: Back to the drawing board, yeah. <laughs>
2: if people want to see f- uh, pictures of your ash smudged face, where would they go?
3: Uh, I mean, most of that's on Facebook. Oh, okay I can, I can give you guys one to upload all to right the yeah. cool so then can go to the sprocketpodcast.com yeah. excellent <laughs> <laughs> very good <laughs> well
2: cool you got time to hang out with us for our uh, news and mail Oh, hell yeah all right fabulous well uh, here come our headlines
1: what can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike?
0: <laughs> it's gonna be like our new transition. I know. Now. I know. <laughs> all right. uh, first up from Oregon Live. Uh, oh yeah, this is you, the game. Yeah this this is a game. I I'm, I've encouraged us all to play. Could you live on Oregon's minimum wage or on um, fifteen dollars an hour? Right. I did not know this. Oregon has the second highest minimum wage in the
2: country. After Washington, maybe I don't know. Oh, Okay, doesn't yeah. doesn't say in the <laughs> article. Doesn't, doesn't say in the article, so I won't <laughs> right, right. I
0: won't ever find out. <laughs>
2: Washington's is pretty high, is it? Yeah, uh,
0: is it higher than nine twenty five? Because that is our minimum wage. Okay, uh, it's least. been I
2: think it was eight sixty last time I was getting minimum wage. Okay, yeah, so it's been a while.
0: Um, yeah, which still seems really low to me. Uh, anyways, at nine twenty five an hour doesn't go very far in Portland in 2015. Right. According to a new report of the City Club of Portland, a $12 an hour minimum wage would still generate less than half of Portland's median household income. Median, that means. The more people,
2: yeah, more people yeah. have that much income than most others. Right. Okay. Right.
0: Which I guess kind of surprises me
2: as opposed to the mean or the mode. Uh, <laughs> I hate math i i yeah i failed was. my statistics <laughs>
0: uh but anyways, yeah, and so I, on the on the little link there that that I supplied, you get a little uh there's there's a little interactive um
2: i don't know what you what would you call this thing uh, I believe they call it a calculator uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, they do <laughs> which some people have programmed games into, sure, on your old t i oh yeah yeah yeah.
0: Uh anyways, on this calculator computer. <laughs> uh you can you can punch in your monthly uh, expenditures of housing, food, child care, oh, yes. transportation, health care, and other necessities. Right. And you can find out whether or not you can live on minimum wage. And this is
2: based on the Or on fifteen an hour. You can see right. like
0: at the bottom there there is a little graph that tells you. For example i I happen to be apparently still eight hundred dollars under <laughs> if I were making minimum wage.
2: That's pretty impressive. Yeah, so I may have
0: been a little too uh, liberal conservative oh, or, right, right, right. On, on my expenditures. Mm-hmm. Like point. maybe
2: you would need to spend more. Right. Well, I'm looking at the numbers here because I see a number that talks about how much I spend every month for my lifestyle. Right. And uh, or how much I'm projecting would I would spend Which
0: you you had already figured out independently
2: of, oh, of I, this game. Yeah, I'm a finance nerd. I've right. been spending a lot of time on websites <laughs> and spreadsheets and things. So um yeah. I I know for a fact that the monthly expenses that I just punched into this calculator are probably about half of what we actually spend every month. Oh, yeah? Because we're very extravagant. (laughs) So so we could get by on far less, but we would be far less comfortable. I I am accustomed to luxury in my lifestyle that I now have. (laughs) simplifying the good life i know right
0: (laughs) maybe a little farther on the good life i buy a lot of vinyl
2: (laughs) that's the problem uh too many vinyl records that's
0: under other necessities oh there we go
2: okay so other i need to increase that number yep
0: you should punch in your your vinyl (laughs) allowance in there (laughs)
3: this calculator is also pre-tax
2: oh right okay so good
0: point
2: yeah yeah okay so it turns out for me at minimum wage, Oregon's 9.25 an hour, I am $146 over. over. So I would have to trim 140 I'd have to buy fewer vinyls.
0: Got to tighten your belt there. <laughs> yeah,
2: but I think part of it is that uh again, like, you know, even what I'm estimating here is uh I spend way more than that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: How much do you spend on child care? None. Okay. So you're good there. Yeah. Where else can we cut your budget?
2: <laughs> I need to have fewer children than I already do. Uh, and so I uh $15 an hour is a great number. Um it's not far from what I make in my job right now. Yeah. Um so I am 373 under if they were to increase the uh, minimum wage to $15 an hour. Another beef I, I have with this calculator
3: is there Assuming that if you're making minimum wage that you're working a standard 40-hour work week. Oh, right. Oh, which a lot snap. of minimum wage jobs are not. Are totally. Not. It's but all part-time. they usually time. part-time. Yeah. 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 Good yeah. point. Good call. Suck it.
2: <laughs> 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 oh, I'm that's so right. glad we had you in for this. That's right. <laughs> uh, well, that's fascinating. I, I would encourage anyone who lives in Oregon to check that out and anyone yeah. who's curious about Oregon. Anyone who's wanna- thinking about moving to Oregon should check that out. <laughs> uh, yeah. I feel like they
3: should uh, also give you a calculator if you're only able to get a job for 20 hours a week. <laughs> the $15 like, an hour would sound a hell of a lot better. You're like, right. yeah, I can maybe swing that if I live with six other people. Exactly. Well, yeah. and that's
2: part of the thing is that, like, yeah, for the the stuff that I was calculating, like I started by factoring in that uh, we split rent. Right. Um, and it turns out, like, you know, if, if I pared down, if I ate nothing but beans and rice <laughs> for, like, you know, 30 days every month, and then that one day i went to chipotle and got some chicken on it. It got more
0: beans and rice yeah, yeah, but, but but also
2: chicken. <laughs> oh right. Um, and one of those margaritas that you can get at a chipotle. <laughs> you
0: then can get I I don't how I crazy don't is that know.
2: right? But that's not yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um so anyways, what else we got in news?
0: Oh, yes. What else we got is families for safe streets to launch Sunday as in yesterday on National Day of Remembrance.
2: Oh, dude, I've been seeing this around town.
0: Yeah, yeah, I bring this up, even though it's late. Uh, I bring this up because obviously we're not going to be able to uh, uh, join this rally here. Uh, but I bring it up because th- just to show that there's this organization is now in existence. Uh, a new organization for people whose lives... Have been changed by traffic violence will hold its first public event this weekend. As a part of the World Day of Remembrance for Road Traffic Victims, members and supporters of Oregon and Southwest Washington Families for Safe Streets will meet noon Sunday at 1805
2: North. So that's 2nd this past Avenue. Sunday?
0: Yes, this will meet at noon yesterday. While we were at the Cyclocross race. <laughs> While we were out having fun, there were people actually doing serious shit. True. The group based here in Portland has been convened by Christy Finney, who became a vocal and respected safety advocate after her son Dustin was killed in 2011 by a drunken driver on Division Street. I think
2: I remember this one.
0: I don't. I don't remember this at all. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's. I would say that's, that's a great way to have used that that energy.
2: Um, yeah. So is this yeah. the, this is where there's uh, like little cutouts of people attached to signposts and things around town? Yeah, yeah. There's I've a got hashtag a, on got it. Got a
0: little picture. Let me pull that up here. Which of... is
2: it? Uh, Safe Streets, PDX. Correct. Is the hashtag? Yep. And then uh, there's the, just the date. I think of of okay. the loss of life on this cutout of the person. Yeah. That's taped so pool. you,
0: I, I would imagine you could or one could. A little cut out. There is. Oh, yeah, there is one. Maybe that's where. Maybe that's where uh, Dustin here uh, was. On Division killed. Street? There's one. Yeah. It's like 86, the Division? Yeah, somewhere it's out right there, there on the east
2: side. Yeah, yep. I remember.
0: I, I rode by it and I was. Um, yeah, I was pretty struck by it.
2: Yeah, because as I drive the school bus around town, I've seen uh, just uh, today, a few I saw a few of them up. in yeah. a lot of different places. A few on Barber. Well, I mean,
0: it's sad that there's that yeah. many, but it's great that this movement is gaining traction.
2: Right. Well, and the yeah. dates are interesting, too, because there's a few on uh, on Marine Drive uh, on my bike ride in. And yeah. Um, yeah, And, yeah, there's like one decent. in 2006, one in 2007, uh, one more recently than that. But, yeah, uh, more than I knew about so I would imagine there's probably some thoughts in both directions. I remember some people don't like oh. ghost bikes because they give the image that cycling that, is dangerous and mm-hmm. you shouldn't do it. But other people like ghost bikes because it reminds people you know, like you about to watch out for people on bikes because like you know people are people no matter what mode of transport they sure. take. So um, yeah, I, I'm glad this is happening because it's one of those awareness builders. It's it's like you know,
0: yeah yeah I I would say much in the same way that why I like ghost bikes is it it shows that. I mean not that walking or cycling is dangerous but just that the streets are dangerous and that you know it just shows a sort of a, a hole in our Consciousness, mm-hmm. right? Uh, of what we're paying attention. Well,
2: it's to. like anything. It, it's kind of like, uh, like the homelessness crisis. Like we have a state of emergency declared by our city. That you know, like there are so many people living outdoors that right. it's been declared a state of emergency. And it's kind of like when something becomes visible. Like when you know, when there are tents on the I two o five bike path, for example. Like I, you know, I've ridden that path for years. I've never seen anybody um, just tent
0: right, just tenting
2: right on the on right. the yeah. But now there's like so many people living outdoors. And at a certain point, when an issue becomes so visible. You can't ignore it. You got to. You got to start thinking about it. You got to start thinking about solving it. And yeah. starting thinking about it is the first step to doing something about it. So, yeah, I, I like. Uh, I like that awareness is being raised here. Yeah, that's yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Like I said, like it's sad that there is this many um, sort of cutouts or, or ghost pedestrians. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I think it's great that already. At, what is it? It's only a day old, and mm-hmm. already this movement has gained so much traction.
2: Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot of representation out there in the communities. So yeah. So uh, thank you. And for as far those, out yeah. as
0: Marine Drive, that's really awesome. Right. Too. Yeah.
2: Even up on the edge, uh, where where a few people. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's one of one of the things. Uh, when I ran into Steph Routh, um, who by the way is uh, heading up the podcast. Why isn't anybody talking about that's this? That's right. Which Uh, is
2: mentioned in our Take a drink, Krista. That's right. (laughs) Hey, uh, can I do this? Sure. We got
0: mail. Hey, we got mail. Yeah. Well, anyways, when I was talking to her, one of her bigger frustrations was... Uh, a lot of the inner city, a lot of the nicer neighborhoods, are getting a lot of the attention, and for as far as safety infrastructure. Oh yeah, um, but the places that need it, like further out from
2: 82nd, sure, are, East Portland or up in the industrial areas, yeah, or obviously are, are not Barbara Boulevard Southwest. Uh, yeah, the places that don't get as much attention in the media, ordinarily, yeah, for sure. Anyways. Well, I was—I just said so, that because you mentioned yeah. Steph Routh's podcast, which she does with Michael Tete, and uh, someone else whose name I have forgotten so far. That's okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, Adonia.
2: Uh, oh, right.
0: Whose last, yes. whose last name slips by me now.
2: Yeah. But of Urban Adonia, the blog. That's right. Because the first piece of mail from Richard uh, says, uh, this is for E266. Correct. Which stands for episode 266. <laughs> Another great show, he says. I'll check out Steph's new podcast. That's Why Isn't Anyone Talking About This. Uh, You can find it at whyisntanyone.com. Dot dot com? Yeah. Uh, Make sure I'm right there. I still think you should end the show as Schwarzenegger and Stallone or Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock. So we'll have to to give this some consideration. Well, it's really
0: up to Mr. Harkins here.
2: Oh, hey, there's another train going by.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs>
2: yeah. Sorry, that was a lot of unexpected. How, how did that yeah. double up like that? I think, I'm at it, uh, that I, think I hit it twice. Oh. <laughs> there. Oh, my
1: God. It's the East Portland Traction
2: Company. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, anyways, why isn't anyone talking about this? It's a great conscientious look at uh, a lot of the issues that are facing people in urban design. And, uh, you know, right now they're talking about Portland, but I would imagine they're going to expand their focus to other places that have interesting things to talk about so uh yeah steph and michael and adonia all uh great voices i'm glad their voices are out there uh if you like what they're doing right now they're starting to fund their project and uh uh, i would recommend i gave them some money in the name of the sprocket podcast and uh you you should too if you have some extra bucks kicking around you know it's always nice to help somebody get off their feet and uh oh you're right hang on uh let me sorry Yes.
0: Currently, they have
2: $845 raised. And what are they shooting for? Let me uh get that information. They're shooting for more than that. <laughs> and yeah. you might have some of that in your pocket. They you are- might have some of that in your second latte.
0: You you might have They are currently uh trying to raise 1500. So yes. Come on, that's not that. That's not that much.
2: You can do it. They can do it and you can help. Yeah, I'm going to so. help
0: right now. Hey. But first, I'm going to do this podcast. All right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you sounded exactly like uh, uh, the guy from Livewire. Oh.
0: <laughs> I don't listen to Livewire, so I wouldn't. It's all It's right, know. no, no.
2: It, uh, you, it was just that was a delivery very reminiscent of his. Ah, I see. Yeah.
0: Uh, Bert F says, "Hi, Aaron. When you get to Mexico City, you might want to check out Los Losers, a group of punk rock bike riding vegan sandwich
2: makers." Is it Los Losers or Los Losers?
0: uh i think it's losers uh because i've been watching their videos okay actually and and like this is kind of like they put an l on their forehead with their fingers like things or they do like an l selfie oh nice uh, the things that they like
2: wasn't there uh um uh who who is that Uh, lfo the pop band Didn't they have something about an L on your forehead? Sure. I don't know. Or was that... No, no, that was Smash Mouth.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Were you, like, trolling me? (laughs) No. No, no, I was not. I was trying to recall from my own
2: memory things out of pop culture. (laughs) Yes.
0: I honestly have... I don't know who LFO is.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, I forget what it stands for. Uh, They had that one song every other time. Nope. And then Life is Good was the other single.
0: Neither of these sound familiar
2: They were a bunch... They were were like L.A. white kids with... uh, Like too much shine on their on their attempted hip hop. Ah. not really hip hop though. It was like it was like pop music with a little bit of yeah. They weren't that good. <laughs> I am, however, an unabashed uh, fan of Smash Mouth's early catalog. Of course you are. Not of the later stuff. <laughs>
0: I do you not don't celebrate like their, later their entire slug. catalog.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, well they, they did a cover of that uh, the, the song from The Breakfast Club Don't You Forget About Me no yes because
0: they did a cover of like a monkeys tune yes you know a while back that was pretty awful that was the beginning yeah. of the
2: end for them yeah. <laughs> yeah. sure that was however guitarist Greg <laughs> Camp who was the songwriter Actually, has a better voice than the vocalist from the band. I, this is all Smash Mouth Talk now. Uh, we're done. <laughs> this has been
0: Smash Mouth Talk. Go out and check
2: out Greg Camp's album, Defector. It's great. Oh, no. <laughs> that's Defector with a K. Oh, my God. In the middle.
0: Of course it is. <laughs> um, all right. Okay. Lastly, from uh, Caleb in Leeds. Leeds? In Leeds. Where's I, Leeds? I, I'm, I'm in <laughs> You just found out just recently. <laughs> I did. I looked it he up He says, on the I'm, I assume I'm the listener in Leeds. I although, assume he is too. Although, ba- I am, although based here, I'm originally from Vancouver. I've been here 12 years, so I know a bit about
2: cycling. So Leeds is in Great Britain, north of London, but ah. south of Scotland. Okay. I only
3: knew that from watching the increasingly poor decisions of Todd Margaret. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big David Cross fan. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Is that one of those, uh, is it an Amazon show? Uh, no. no, it was
0: FX, wasn't it? No, oh. it
3: was uh, the independent. Uh, oh, I've Yeah. Oh, okay, IFC. gotcha. Yeah. Nice. Worth watching. Uh, yeah. That's. I I think so, but nice. You know. Nice.
2: <laughs> anyway, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <No, laughs> don't apologize. Leeds is fantastic, as we hear.
0: As Adrian says, uh, understanding the traffic rules takes time. The signage for most po- for the most part is quite different than North America. It would be tough to just grab a bike and try to cope with it, though many tourists try.
2: I would imagine yeah. you to be one of those tourists. Yeah. It's like, I'm going out and leaving doing s- this. Or <laughs> <laughs> with Caleb.
0: London seems pretty insane for cycling or driving. I tend to stick to the tube and walking, but
2: you do have to keep your eyes open. I like that they call it the tube.
0: Right, not the subway.
2: Yeah, mind the gap.
0: <laughs> Which is, I I still haven't figured out like what that is. Yeah, keep keep calm. Right. Okay. And drive on. <laughs> I don't
2: know. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: the
0: worst website ever. <laughs>
3: <laughs> My
0: general impression is London has better infrastructure than other cities. Uh, Leeds, for the most part, has cycle lanes that are just three feet of paint on the road edge. That's
2: three feet in a metric country. That's, oh, yeah. So that's generous. Is that, that is. one meter?
0: It's a little over one meter. More than one meter? Nice, yeah. nice. Uh, They're often blocked during rush hour, and at this time of year, debris builds
2: up. Ooh, not nice. Is it
0: crazy over here? Yes. London, definitely. Leeds is a bit less so. Not as congested as London, but the drivers and cyclists can be quite aggressive.
2: You know Cheers. who else is aggressive? What's that? Caleb. <laughs> he's awesome. Yeah. I bet he's one of those guys that's out there killing it in Leeds. <laughs> killing it in Leeds. Yeah. Where the where the infrastructure is just three feet of, yeah. of three. cycle length imperial feet <laughs> <laughs> well, not like, metric feet
0: well besides us wasn't wasn't britain one of the last great holdouts?
2: well yeah but i thought it was like some like 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 mongolia or something was the last like imperial measurement country or something um because britain went metric a long time ago and we should have like it would have been more logical i think in imperial we measurements. tried but, we tried right i'm right.
0: sorry jimmy carter we tried
2: so it goes yeah i am wearing a sweater
0: <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's true.
2: Yeah. Uh so thank you. Uh I'm curious Caleb after 12 years is, did you say it was 12 years ago he 12 moved? 12 years. So does he speak with a British accent yet or does he still have his Canadian speech? I don't think so. Um It depends though, right? Cuz uh, Adele, uh, Adele has an aunt who lives in Britain. She's originally from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. Totally British accent. For real?
0: Yeah. How long has she been there? A long time. So the way I understood it, um, as, as told to me by an Irish substitute teacher in high school <laughs> is <laughs> you lose your accent or you gain a native accent, depending on where you are. Uh-huh. Um, when you, uh, acquire the other, the other, uh, culture's vocabulary.
2: Oh, okay. Oh, sure. Like uh, when you start talking about the tube and mining the gap. and Right, stuff. right.
0: Yeah. Um, which I guess might be possible. It's just that the. The English language here and the English language there have so many words in common.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. that
0: I it would be very difficult, I would say, to acquire. It's easy their to keep vocabulary your, yeah. with your with their mm-hmm. accent.
2: I sometimes but, I do that, but I don't I'm, know.
0: I don't know how language or yeah, I'm I'm not a linguist. I don't know how
2: language fucking works. language. How does it work? <laughs> <laughs> Miracles everywhere. <laughs> We need some jugglers. <laughs> That's and right. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, I think I think we should do our best like like choose a foreign accent that you like.
0: No. 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 No 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 no. No good could come of that. No. <laughs> no. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> uh I say we go we go with I mean, this it's up to Mr. Harkins, really. That's true. Daniel, uh, you should give us the theme Richard for how we read the Richard did suggest credits. Stallone and Schwarzenegger, or uh, Kirk and Spock, or <laughs> well, no, I'll say I'm right not, now, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like, yeah, I'm not, gonna, not, like, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. not gonna
3: sully the, mm-hmm. the results of the survey. Right, here. Uh, go Parkins, ahead, you choose. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to say Kirk and Spock. Oh, That's good, I'm glad uh, you did.
2: All right, <laughs> I get to be Spock.
3: <laughs> I'm totally cool with that. <laughs> Do you need to? Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. All there right. Here
2: you go. Uh, here it comes. All right. Let me turn you up a little. Oh, thanks.
0: And actually, no, I'm going to turn you down a little. Then I'll turn you up later. Perfect.
2: <laughs> Our website is the sprocketpodcast.com. Email to the sprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text
0: to 503 847 9774.
2: Twitter at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Hurtbird for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to our sustaining donors: A Logical Choice, Logan Smith, Johnny K, Shadowfoot, Katrina Mellemgard, Wayne Norman, Doug Robertson, Ethan Georgie, Justin Martin, Eric Iverson, Cameron Lean, Richard Wenzitsky, Tim Mooney, Orange and Purple, Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Jim Gooden. Eric Wise, Doug Cohen Miller, Todd Parker, Scott McAllister Morgan,
0: Dan Gebhardt, Compania, Chris Chris
2: sorry, and John Blood, Allison Wiley, Andy Brunner, Dave Nose, Lars V. Chris Smith, Christy Kaster, Caleb Jenkinson, J.P. Cueley, Peanut Butter Jar Matt, Patrick Archain, Gabriel Trainer, Sebastian Poole, Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom, Andrew Alderson, Drew the Wilder, Anna Chris the Skugas, John Wasserman, Andre Johnson, Shelley, and Troy. King of Division, John Zisson, and Richard G. Brush your teeth.
0: And go to bed. Sabotage.
2: Pinwheel of death. Oh,
1: there.
2: What you're saying is... (laughs)
0: <laughs> Take that.
2: <laughs> Coffee cup across the room. <laughs> All right. Just um, thought I'd
0: release the tension there. <laughs> fabulous.
2: I realize that I'm really bad at creating silence. At creating yeah, silence? Yeah, because actually, like, artfully used silence in audio medium is, is pretty engaging. Oh, yeah, sure. Like when people stop Keeps talking, people, people, people are like, wait, or- wait, what are they stop? Why? What, what's going on? What? Uh- and then yeah then you can throw a coffee cup and it's everything works out (laughs) yeah